are listening to CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from unceded Musqueam Territory in Vancouver. This is your host, Ileana, and you're listening to the Arts Report. So we got a huge special uh, interview today with some very interesting cast about their play. If you want to introduce yourselves. Hi. All right. Well, uh, hi, my name is Bo, and I'm the uh, artistic director of mid 20 Theatre Society and also the, one of the co-directors for our upcoming play, The Bitter Tears of Petra von Kant. And uh, I'm here with Nadia Dibrigorsky. Hello. And I will be playing the role of Petra von Kant. Yes. Thanks for inviting us. <laughs> well, I'm super glad to have you on here. Um, so this play is, um, is kind of based on a movie already. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Could you give us like a little synopsis of the play itself or like the movie and the play? Mm-hmm. Well, in in simple terms, I guess it's like, ironically, the play actually came before the film. Um, oh. It's The guy who directed the movie uh, wrote the play himself, and then he made his own movie adaptation of this play. So what we're showing is the, uh, arguably the original version of oh, it. Oh, I but like the whole like, uh, actually, we're the original. <laughs> we're the originals, uh, just to clarify. <laughs> Not to be pretentious, right? I'm just kidding. Um, but but yeah, long story short, though, it's it's essentially about a uh, a, a really rich um, young fashion designer who uh, falls in love with this cold but icy ingenue girl who's aspiring to be a model, and it's all set in one chamber setting in her bedroom. And it essentially just depicts this sort of like going from lack of love to finding love to post love, and her going through this change and coming to terms with herself yeah. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and you play the uh, the the fashion designer yes <laughs> she i like i've seen the movie i haven't seen the play yet yeah. i'm mm-hmm. hoping i can see the play so i can see kind of the differences are the differences in like the movie and the play like um what would be like your number one like difference in that with not without like doing any spoilers or anything mm-hmm. well uh this one we're kind of going with like a definitely setting it more in modern times like with regards to aesthetic like uh, based on the movie as you saw it was very rococo and 70s and in germany and in german obviously but this <laughs> yeah. one's gonna be more of like a contemporary youthful uh there's a lot of like exotic type like like there's um we're using a futon for a bed and oh. like a bob as a wall and stuff okay. and the dress is all sort of contemporary and very like exotic and mixed and eccentric um but then also like it will be in english as well so yeah. so like when it comes <laughs> that's to colo- the major difference yeah. <laughs> yeah and like when it comes to, like colloquialisms there are some like words and stuff but overall it's kind of like essentially the same essence in play and character um what was i gonna say uh i totally forgot uh, oh yeah there won't be long takes uh with, with musical <laughs> there will there'll be a lot of music in it but just like there won't be just like lingering for five minutes on just, just like, like people standing just someone just standing there for like a long time and that's it just yeah. like just for a few seconds to really capture that the long moment. take really capture that moment yeah <laughs> so so you play the main character and yes. she's kind of since this story also has some like sadomasochistic yeah. uh, mm-hmm. stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel playing this person who's kind of a little sadistic? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all its own kind of culture and stuff like that, and that's how I generally approached it, and just kind of understanding where the kind of sadisticness comes from and why she treats the people that she cares about in certain ways and why she treats people she doesn't care about in certain ways and the different levels of sadism and stuff like that so yeah oh so you did like some kind of like a little research yeah into just that a little field. research asked a couple of like 
people that I know who are generally in that kind of culture and stuff like that. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> so I need to make this more human and not just kind of depict something in like this general way that maybe general society kind of sees it as just this general, very sexual thing and kind of go deeper into like why. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I think that definitely gets a, puts a little bit more depth into this character that you are, are going to play. Yeah. Um, so as we were talking about the sadomasochistic themes in this <laughs> there's also like themes of like love and like obsession and like that sort of stuff like what kind of at least for you I'm pointing to the director <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Um, what kind of drew you into like wanting to direct those sort of themes mm-hmm. that's very interesting because like the play the, there's so much with that um like, I also, I'm a co-director as well. Like, um, this is being co-directed also by my lovely friend, um, Colleen Booker, a.k.a. Lee Booker. Um, so, uh, but I think, like, it's more just, like, what really attracted me at first was, one, Fassbender's work himself um, never being premiered. And then uh, in, rac- in relationship mainly to um, Petra von Kant's character of sort of, like, trying to become obsessed, but also... Like, it's sort of like a coming-of-age thing. Like, sort of, because she's finding her sexuality as well in this weird way, or arguably not. It's just because, like, you know, she was married to a man, and then she's falling for this young woman. And I think in relation to, like, contemporary times nowadays with everyone being more open about their genders and, like, sexuality and, like, you know, bisexualism and stuff and gender fluidity, I think it's, like, a very relevant and surprisingly, like, cool mirror of, like, sort of like a character who's youthful. And finding herself in a weird and and like with like love and power dynamics too, I think yeah. underlying that there's like a big relevance in that, that's universal, you know. Yeah, yeah. I kind of mm. like the, the way that you're saying that it's like a kind of a coming age story. Yeah. I think that's like a very interesting way to kind of looking at this play. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> sorry. Uh, what for this kind of coming age story? Were there some things that you felt like? weren't really to like the modern way of thinking i guess because this play is like a very old play (laughs) Mm. i I guess like with well uh, with the character karen like i think classism is definitely a very relevant thing that's in the movie and the play that i think we're we're kind of addressing in this play as well for sure but i think is not as relevant um, in relation today, like in in the movie, as you know, like like Petra von Kant is very bourgeois, like she is very rich, and like with Karin, she is very low class, and like there's still certain like um, relevances to like education in Germany that's very different to like education in Canada and like how it's perceived. Um, so yeah, like little little things like that that are more like societal and more oriented towards like the culture of Germany and culture of Canada that we sort of like mingled or put less significant on and kind of focused more on just like the dynamics between these two characters and the relationship. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, don't worry. So it's yeah. like more of a focus on kind of the, the own kind of uh, understanding sexuality and the fluidity of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like psychology and like the psychology of love and like yeah. relationships and power dynamics of just like, you know, what, how people deal with it. And, and when it comes to like one person sort of trying to dominate the other in a relationship or just like f- trying to find a balance. But yet again, one person does something and then 
another person doesn't it's like the complexities <laughs> of a relationship and the yeah. complexities of trying to like love be, love yeah and like, yeah and like in, in a sense like growing up and trying to find yourself and and like what you live for and like that purpose right because like in essentially Petra von Kant she's like very wealthy and has everything but yet and she becomes so obsessed with this young girl um and she starts giving everything to her but yet again she's like it's not working for her in that way so it leads she kind of puts herself in this problem of like an existential crisis yeah yeah and I think a lot of people do that nowadays, you know, with, like, youth sort of, like, paranoia and just, like, going through these existential crises of, like, what do I do with my life? And, like, trying to, like, find a purpose in someone else when it's, like, maybe you should find a purpose in yourself, yeah. you know, and, like, find goals that are beyond just, like, trying to, like, put give, every, yeah. in, in someone else. <laughs> to someone else, yeah. yeah. and, like, taking adv- – and how other people will take advantage of that sometimes, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't a, I don't know. <laughs> Am I making sense? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think you're definitely, I think there are some key points that you're hitting on. I, I, okay. I think that, like, definitely in today that a lot of people try to kind of put their, um, like, this is how it, my life will be better if I go into this kind of relationship, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely think that is getting a little, a little prominent. And I think we're, uh, that's like something people think about a lot if whether this is like is this relationship actually like good for me or stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah um can i grow from this relationship yeah mm-hmm. and it's not like a it, that's like the power dynamic of like can i grow like can i use this person to grow myself yeah instead of being like can we just grow together exactly so mm-hmm. that's def- like you're definitely making sense oh, okay cool <laughs> yay <laughs> um so playing this kind of this character with um, how is it to play it with like the other kind of actors that you're doing it with? Like, how is how is that? How is it like? How is it? Well, it's actually really interesting um, because at first, I mean, you never really know how the other actor is going to prep their work, what they're going to bring to the table with their character, how they saw it, and then you have to sit there and listen to like the director's vision and kind of really collaborate what your vision is, what the other actor's vision is, and then obviously what the director is kind of looking forward to, so it all comes together. Um, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> it, it helps to have a really, really open ca- like um, cast. Yeah, especially when it touches on these kind of maybe touchy subjects or whatnot and kind of very emotional play. So to have a cast that you can feel very safe around, very open with, of where there is no judgment, that, yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like that is what's really making this cast awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really they're... love our cast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> our, yeah. I really love how it's You're going. Like, yeah. Stop right now. I need to do a shout out to my cast. Yeah, yeah. shout out to my cast. I love you all. <laughs> uh. um, yeah, there are some kind of like hard moments, at least in like the film. Um, where those kind of hard moments, are there like times where you have to like kind of stop in those hard moments or are they just kind of like you're just like wrapped into the moment? Um. Sometimes there's definitely moments where you're like, okay, I'm so emotional, and then it, the emotions kind of almost drive the scene, and as an actor, you have to kind of remind yourself, like, no. Yes, as humans, sometimes emotions drive scenes, but this is once again a play, so you want to make it at least interesting for the audience, and still for yourself, you know? You don't want to put yourself in that really crappy place and then bring those emotions home. So, yeah. <laughs> it, there, there has been times where we've kind of been like, okay, well... That take was good, but, you know, maybe let's focus more on, like, the character-driven stuff rather than just, like, letting the emotions take over. Because, yeah, it's so emotional and so dark. So, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's still yeah. a play. It's, like, a dark, very, like, 
dark, but also you guys seem to be like very like happy and yes, like, yeah. it's, it's it's dark, but it's it's so alive. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what we're really trying to capture of like the life in this, and not that it's just like all deep and dark and broody kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. like there's a lot of anxiety, but underlying that, it's like almost like addressing it, like addressing the abyss, and then coming out and being like, ah, oh, see, there's a beautiful. So yeah, I'll do it. I'm just like learning about these characters, and yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So lines. so you're mm-hmm. so it's like the it seems like you're trying to like you're going through this like kind of dark uh, play, and then like at the very end, it's gonna be like this is better like there's a, like a maybe don't want to give away anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah interesting but maybe you could say something about that um oh my god um i i say like well in relation to the message of the play like because you've seen the movie so you know what happens in the end and yes. stuff so the message like whatever people get from it will be whatever they want to get based on what they see because yeah. the play itself is written by fassbender um <laughs> but like i i feel personally feel like like art like this that is brooding and dark and deals with like deep subject matter um essentially is good indirectly for society in the end because like it does help people address it in a safe space like in the theater and with you know by playing these characters and like having nadia like sacrifice her emotional turmoil creatively (laughs) to uh get to bring this character to life and like say her story um it's more just like it's a good way for people to get that and like understand who this character is and relate to themselves and just be like oh okay like this is how how I felt in those circumstances and like maybe that's how I should have been or like how I can better my own self in yeah. society. Yeah. So you, so you think that there's some people that could relate to uh definitely <laughs> to Petra like and definitely Karin. Mm-hmm. to like Petra and Karin. They both tell very different stories like two sides to the same coin. And yeah, no. I feel like most people can even relate to both of them, if not at least one of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. What would you say would be kind of like the the trait that like really people are like okay i can see that in myself heartbreak Heartbreak. and and the rose color glasses of when you're in a relationship and that like honeymoon stage and finding a person that you're like oh they make everything better but do they really and putting all that pressure on someone Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah but heartbreak definitely. <laughs> definitely yeah. yeah and just like also just like sort of like struggling with like an idealism and romance that you have and like sort of like trying to instill that in other people and realizing like oh like real the reality of the world of who they are is not exactly aligning with how you perceive them as yeah. and then trying to come to terms with that is very difficult i think yeah <laughs> especially definitely. with petra and karin yeah. like with petra yeah <laughs> Crazy so we're, we're talking a lot of Petra and Karin, but there is another um, character. Ooh. Yes. Which one? Marlena? Marlena. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes, Marlena. Played oh, by our lovely Shelby Satterthwaite. Oh, <laughs> oh man. That, yeah. that got a reaction all around. <laughs> I, oh. I, oh. I, I want to know why. <laughs> I don't, well, like, that character is, like, she's so awesome, too. I love, yeah. I, I love her dearly. But just, like, what she says, like, you've seen the movie, so, like, mm-hmm. the, the language. She says so much, but she doesn't say a single word. And in the yeah. play, it's the exact same thing. Um, and, and just, yeah, like, she, she sees everything, knows everything. I think she speaks a lot about just, like, this other side of, as you said, the sadistic relationship of, like, people wanting to just be told what to do. Yeah. And, like, yeah, you know? 
Oh, 100%. Wait. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you were like... That would be such a long conversation if we have a talk about Marlena. Yeah, I, I mean, the really interesting mm. part, just even for an actor or, or even an audience member, is like a lot of people say there is no small parts, just small actors. And I feel like this really attests to that because, once again, she doesn't say a single word, yet she tells such a strong story in her own sense. Yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. what about her? Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I mean, there's so like so many strong presences Presences? Presences, <laughs> Presence? yeah. On stage, like, with all these strong women. And I feel like she also has such a big voice in this. And mm-hmm. the actor does a really good job at kind of bringing that to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear that this is, like, an all-females cast. Yeah. Which is really yes. exciting. I We don't get to see that a lot, so no. it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel um, that, like, an all-female cast, uh, how that felt to be a part of that? Honestly, it gave me goosebumps when um, Bo first mentioned which play he was going to be doing and the fact that it was all female cast. Because, I mean, it's you, – you do hear about all these, like, all-male casts or, like, you know, majority is female and kind of thing. But to have an all-female cast and have it kind of tell this much of a story, that it's not just all, like, oh, flowers and fluffy things. and Like, it, I don't know. It just – it, it – it gave me goosebumps, and it felt empowering and also just really cool, and I was so thankful, and I just felt really lucky to be able to be a part of something like this. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> sad, yeah. You're yeah. And like, and, like, the crew as well, like, they're all female. I'm essentially yeah. the only guy, like, in, in <laughs> yeah. the whole thing, and, like, you know, I'm, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you know. it's okay, we have one guy? <laughs> yeah. One guy? Yeah. <laughs> so just, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very, like, as you said... Um, I'm very, very proud and very fortunate to also be a part of this as well. You know, honestly, like in the end, the whole production itself is like it wouldn't be at the state that's at without all their help and like, you know, their perspectives. So I'm very fortunate. So thank you. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. Yeah. And this is all being played at the... Um... The, the Culch, yes. The Sept- Culch. September 6th to 16th uh, as part of the Vancouver Fringe Festival Dramatic Work Series. Uh, you can get tickets at vancouverfringe.tickets.ca or just the Fringe website. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm-hmm. sounds really awesome. And it's your first kind of Fringe play, too. Yeah. So it's a very kind of exciting, kind of nerve-wracking. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> very nervous. Mostly exciting. Yeah. Mostly exciting. Let's but say also- exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited because, like, there's going to be a lot of, like, other like the other shows there and stuff. So just, like, working with them. And it's going to be, like, a big culture. Like, I heard it's very wild and insane. Like yeah. with the whole behind have you have you been a part of it before? Um I haven't specifically, but I a lot of our kind of reporters have been a part of the Fringe Festival and I'm excited to see this first play at my first Fringe Festival. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, cool. Yeah. Lots of firsts. Well, thank you so much for coming on air. Thank yeah, you for thanks having for inviting us. us. Yeah. yeah. Well, when we get back, we're gonna do some reviews on um, some poems that me and our reporter Lua have been listening to. So if you guys will just lend back in, we'll be excited to have you in. Okay, here's some ads and PSAs. I'm going away. Look into my eyes. The last Sunday of every month from 11 to 5. Won't you hear with me?
In the words of Henry David Thoreau, it's not what you look at that matters, it's what you see. Multicultural Ministries is a national, cross-Canada, non-profit organization that runs temple tours and gives unique perspectives into different religions from around the world, including Buddhism, Sikhism, and Islam. To find out more about them, the tours they offer, or to book one, please visit templetour.weebly.com. back again um that was an amazing interview i'm so glad we were able to be have just a quarter or like 20 seconds 20 minutes not 20 seconds jesus 20 minute time with those amazing people um but now it's time for poems oh i know it's your favorite segment literally it's a segment and with us right now Here's Lua. Hi guys, I'm back. Um, I spent uh, a lot of time away, but I'm back now and I'm happy to be here. And I'm so thankful you're back. <laughs> That's like, oh God, yay, I have another person to talk with me. Um, yeah, so we both read two poem books. I read um, Slinky Naive by Caroline Spack. I hope I said that right, but I read that and... And I read After the Hatch and Oven by David Alexander. And if I were to describe this book in one word, it would be um, interesting with that. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm also kind of like, I, I kind of really wanted to like this poem book because usually all the poem books I've like liked, but... The only thing I kind of really liked about it was like the formatting of the way that she was using kind of like the lines and and then whatever <laughs> editing her work and like making it kind of like kind of shapes in a way or just like fun to see how you're gonna read it. But other than that, I was like, these lines feel like they're supposed to be in like another poem or I'm like supposed to do some like puzzle thing where I'm just like, okay, this line <laughs> goes with this line question mark. And it's like, it feels more of like a puzzle, which usually I'm like a fan of, but it just didn't have any semblance or like kind of connectedness from the other ones. I, I was like, I don't know what's happening in this poem and like lost. No, I feel you. It's, um, Usually, I'm a really, really big fan. Actually, not usually. I'm a big fan of poetry. Period. <laughs> I love poetry. If I if I had like if someone forced me to read poetry for the rest of my life, I'd be like, okay, fine, sure. But I'm really big fan of also like good poetry because there's a lot of poetry <laughs> wow. out there. Wow. No, it's not bad poetry. <laughs> no. Wow, what a what a call out, I Jesus. <laughs> this book is not bad poetry at all. But there are poems that I'm like. I'm not really sure what you were trying to get it. And there are poems that are like, wow, this is very insightful. But there's really nothing in between. It's either I'm really confused or this is really, really good. And that kind of, um, it actually took me a really long time to read this book because of that reason. I thought I'd read this book in maybe like two days. And it took me like a few weeks because I was like, I'd get to a poem that I really, really liked, and I read it, and I was like, "Wow, this is incredible," and I have it in my head for a long time. And then I like start reading it again, and there were these poems that I'm like, "I don't want to read this," and I go <laughs> on another page. I don't want to read this. <laughs> and know? I guess this was one of those books. Yeah, um, and the thing is, 
uh, a really important thing that I forgot to mention. The reason it's called After the Hatching Oven is because it's the entire book is dedicated to chickens. All, <laughs> all of it? All of it. Um, either eggs or chicken or, like, um, either cooked chicken or live chickens, but chickens. All like, of it. Like, like, is it, like... Like, this chicken is, like, my life sort of thing? Or no. is it just, like, um, this chicken is beautiful? Let me read some of the titles of yes, some please, of the Yes, please, please um, do. I'm very interested. So the first one in the book is Why Chickens Don't Fly. Then we have, I'm going to skip over a few, but Eating Wings, like Chicken Wings, um, Drawing Chickens, Why I'm Not a Chicken, um, Chicken Cognition, List of Fictional Chickens, Chicken Behavior Welfare. Wait, wait, wait. Did one of them was a list of chickens? Yeah, a list of fictional chickens. That's so good. I would read that poem <laughs> in a heartbeat. Wait, is it? Is it one of the ones I liked? Is it like, does it actually have like a list of fictional chickens? It's not really a list, but it's kind of a list. So I mean, they kind of name them, but it's not in a list format. Okay, so not they at least have Chicken Little. That was like my first like when I heard like list of fictional characters. I was like, they better have Chicken Little. If they don't, this is not like an, a complete list at all. Yeah, and yeah, and it goes on like that for a really long time. For example, Dead Chickens, Animal Enterprise Terrorism Act. That one was a pretty interesting one. Um, invisibility of Flight, Rooster po- Poem. Um, they kill the chickens. You see. You got the idea. Yeah, it's, like, it's like they have, there's some like, it seems like there's some like really interesting titles and then there's some that's just like, will this be interesting? Yeah. And the thing about chickens, <laughs> I can't believe we're dedicating almost an entire show um, to chickens. Chickens are important. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, the thing about chickens that I find really interesting is that you can open so many metaphors just talking about chickens. Not only the fact that they're birds, but the fact that they're flightless birds and the way they they are um, raised to be killed, etc. Uh, there are so many interesting metaphors there. And the poems that did touch on that those ideas were very, very interesting to me. But some of them were a lot more bare and a lot of actually talking about the animal itself. And those were the ones that didn't speak to me as much. Um, so if you're a huge fan of chickens or chicken <laughs> illusions, yeah. this is your book. Yeah. And the thing is, like, um, a lot for there is a Brazilian author and during like the 1950s, more or less. And where fem- when feminism in Brazil was like kind of like becoming a thing. And she used chicken as a really big analogy for women in general. And after I read her and I read this book, I I found the book a lot more interesting because once you think in terms of um, the place the chicken has in her life compared to the place a woman has in a person's life, you see that there are so many similarities and they aren't all good. (laughs) You know, like it's very demeaning at points, but it's good to know that that is being pointed out. Yeah. Yeah. So that that book sounds really interesting and i kind of i really want to like kind of deep dive into this into that um i definitely have that thing where it was like there are some like interesting stuff that was touched upon in here that i was i was like oh my god i want to i want to know more about this and i definitely felt that with some of the lines in the poems like there were lines because some of them are kind of connected to one another that i was like i kind of really just like this one line i don't know what the other the rest of this 
uh, story is saying, but I'm in love with that line. Like, um, one of them is like, uh, crap, 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 is, uh, um, just write me one gentle poem. He said, can you do that? And I was like, I kind of like that. I like, like that. that line too. Uh, especially cause she, it's, it's a, a woman author. So I like that, um, it was a man is acting like, give me a gentle poem. And her poems definitely aren't gentle at all. Her, her poems are very, like, it definitely feels like a jagged disconnect everywhere. It feels like that kind of sharp thing where you're just, like, you're kind of going the right way. And then it's, like, a sharp turn into, like, someplace else where you're, like, I don't know. Um, and I, I feel like that is, like, the kind of breaking down of, like, why she's doing that is more enjoyable than, than the reading of her poems. Which I, I find very heartbreaking to say. Um, but she does have a really interesting way of forming um, her lines and how those kind of forming lines um, coincide with what she's trying to do. And so I, I, I don't know if I should recommend this. I like tentatively like kind of want people to read it. To try it out. To try it out. To like see if it's the kind of poetry that someone else would be interested in. it's just like not my type of style i do have a question like what are the themes she touches on i feel like a lot of her themes um that she touches up a lot on are the sort of um really hard because I was like it's really hard because like sometimes I'm just like what are you saying I don't know what you're saying in your themes but I think a lot of it is um sort of of like how people feel possessive over not only like women but I think like even like in the author herself at least that's what I'm feeling just like how she is like battling these like possessive which is interesting with the segment that we had in our last our interview. Um, but definitely, like, possessive feelings that they want to kind of, like, dictate her to do or kind of trap her in or you belong to me or stuff like that. It, it, either, like, because she's a woman or because it's, like, the state. Because, like, there was one line that she has when I said that you belong to me. There is a line in one of her poems um that's like uh good slavs the candlelight takes itself out to start with the end of a cable you belong to the state you belong to me um so there's i think there's a lot of like her her feelings on the on power that people are trying to take away from her so i that so that definitely shows in the way that she's like, I'm not going to conform to this sort of um, stuff. Like, y it even feels like even the reader is trying to put, like, power into her words. Like, uh, like try to make make it into what they want it to be. Um, and it feels like sh that's a, her poems are kind of like a rebellion to even the reader itself with it being like, oh, you thought it was going to be like this, but now it's like this. So I... I Again, it's a lot interesting talking about, like, theories on why her book is kind of like that or how it is those, like, little segments are besides reading the actual book. It's just, like, more ta interesting talking about the book than, like, Yeah, I kind of feel the same with The Hatching Oven. 
um, it's it's very interesting to see. I think this is why I love poetry so much. These kinds of books are the reason I love poetry so much. That even if you don't have, if not every single page is something that is like mind blowing or anything like that, you're experimenting. You're putting something out there. You are trying to create something new. In her case, she is messing with the supposed rules of poetry, if there are any. Um, <laughs> and in the in David Alexander's case, he's talking about a not so common topic that I wouldn't believe there could have been made so many poems just about chickens. <laughs> like that's what I think impressed me the most. The most how long the book is. It's not that long, guys, but it's like. It's uh, pretty decent. long for how like yeah. how much you think like an actual like book needs to be for chickens. Yeah, um, I do. <laughs> I do have to admit that I was I saw the like chicken cover and I was like, okay, like I guess that's like they're doing like farm life or anything. And no, it's just like no, the chicken is it. This is it. <laughs> and it's really interesting how he also touches on from the chicken goes into um, the idea of conformity and. Um, life and death a lot of life and death and i think a lot of the inspiration of the life and death uh, aspect of it is like the joke why did the chicken cross the road actually there is one of the poems is getting to the other side or something like that um yeah it touches on some really tense really strong powerful themes by talking about chickens which is interesting i mean if you also if you really like chickens totally your thing <laughs> um but yeah yeah, it, it was an interesting read. Your thing kind of reminds me of like the what came first, the chicken or the egg, sort of thing as well. We were talking about life and death. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, there's so many things we do. We like use as chicken stuff, <laughs> and we <laughs> don't even think. Stuff. You we, see, guys, chickens are so relevant, and you don't even think about them. Chickens are kind of great. <laughs> I won't. I won't lie. My older brother has some chickens. That he is very proud of that he has in his house and he like gets the eggs from and I think that's kind of cool. I have a quick fun fact about chickens actually completely, completely unrelated to anything. Okay, I'm ready for this this chicken fact. Um, they have a muscle on their neck that makes them like their head stable, so you can move their body around and their head will. Do you know like when the people are like doing um the robot dance where their head is yeah, still, yeah. their body moves. Well, chickens do that. If you move the body around, the chicken head will stay because they have a muscle in their yeah. body. I've also, I've also heard some people putting like cameras on top of the chicken so that when they're filming, they have like the chicken is like going with them. So the, so the, the take is like a, like a nice smooth take. I don't know where I've heard this from, but it's just like something I remember clearly because I was like, what that's so weird and yet i like looked up a video and it was like there's a chicken having like a little like gopro thing on its head just going so instead of having all that machinery that makes the camera stable just have a chicken here's, <laughs> here's your diy to a smooth film just grab yourself a chicken and you're good to go exactly i mean what could go wrong <laughs> <laughs> do that. Um, so would you say you would recommend your book? I don't know. I feel that I'm really somewhere in between. Because uh, from one side, um, it was an interesting read. And there are some p 
poems that really caught my attention I feel that are really valid for anyone to read and to explore but on the other hand I don't know if the entire book is worth the read for those specific mm. poems you know you're like I'll I'll give you the list yeah, of, of the like, poems the, of the that good I poems <laughs> and then you can find them yeah but it's definitely David Alexander does definitely a very interesting job at mixing and keeping the the reader engaged for those specific poems but throughout it was kind of a roller coaster ride where it's sometimes really exciting like whoa whoa <laughs> and <laughs> then at some job. points i was like this is gonna make me sleep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow um and, and that ab- is the after the hatching oven by david alexander and what about yours would you recommend i would tentatively recommend i feel like this is um a kind of a poem book that i i wouldn't give to someone who who's just kind of like a tentative reader or like kind of likes poems because i i don't think they'll enjoy this as much as someone who like is very interested in poems or kind of interested in the writing of poems and different styles of it um so i would say slinky naive by caroline speck is definitely a tentative tentative read to people who are actually very 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 interested in poems so that's kind of how i feel about that Uh, (laughs) are you interested in reading this maybe i mean definitely take a look at it and um, yeah see what kind of technique she explores i feel that this would maybe be an excellent book for like class discussions and that kind oh, of oh most definitely this is definitely like a class discussion book like i'm surprised that this is not a book i have to read for college <laughs> my college classes so i'm like oh great i'm so glad i, I could talk about this so much uh but i guess i can't <laughs> i mean i couldn't for the show but you know how it is um so yeah we're gonna do another ad and psa break and then when we get back i will kind of tell you guys about how the vine festival sadly it is finished um very sad about that i wasn't able to enjoy all of i could of the vine festival but i'll be able to tell you a little bit about uh, my experiences with it and then we're gonna tell you uh just some news and kind of tell you what's up with our lives i don't know i guess we'll see how it goes yeah i will i think we'll have time it's Honestly, it's more of a, like a rush to see um, how long we can keep this going than it is about action <laughs> than actually uh, running out of time. I think that's a little too hard for us. Okay, see you guys soon. That's right, when super giant pizza. Pima pizza. It's been said that people disappoint, but pizza is eternal. That adage is being put to the test with Canadians weighing in on pizza, love, and slice etiquette. Six in ten Canadians have some type of relationship deal breaker when it comes to pizza, but one in three have no pizza love limits at all. The top deal breaker was eating pizza in bed at 18%, and closely behind was anchovies on pizza at 17%. Next up were picks the cheese off at 10, eats pizza with a knife and fork at 8%, 
uses too much garlic dipping sauce at 7%, puts pineapple on pizza at 6%, doesn't eat the crust at 6%, and eats it cold at 4%. So cuddle up on the couch and share some za and some love. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. to CITR Radio, 101.9 FM, broadcasting from unceded Muscogee Territory in Vancouver. I said that again because I just wanted to. It's <laughs> um, Arts Report again. I'm Ileana. I'm Lua. Um, so I went to the Fine Arts Festival, and oh my god, I wish I got more time. I wish I had more time with such a great festival. It was really amazing honestly i kind of wish i brought some friends and we had like a picnic time in there because you're you're out there like in a field and you're like kind of watching uh all this different sort of stuff going on like there was a, a really cool performance um by i think oh man i don't know exactly but i think japanese drum players oh, nice. which was super cool i was like very into it and i was like oh man i could just sit here and just kind of like eat some like bread and cheese and just enjoy this and there was also like other stuff going on where there was like there was like a really kind of weird and kind of fun uh group of dancers i think who I think. were <laughs> Maybe I know that they were dancers. They were definitely dancers. I don't know what kind of dancers they are, which is why I'm saying I think okay, like okay, okay. they could be like interpretive, like dance, or they could be like a, or they just like are artists, and that's like their performance art piece. Yeah, performance art piece. I don't know. It was really interesting though. They they were um, they kind of had like a, a um, nude. Um, like spandex i guess like like was it transparent or no 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 it's like the nude color oh, okay that sort of stuff um but they were like a lot of their skin was like bare and but they like they had like nude stuff where were of course they had a cover um and then they had these huge hats um that were all of them were different colors and they all had i think plastic on them or some kind of trash on them but it was like it, it was kind of like a parody of one of those like really huge hats that you usually see in like kind of like i guess british shows <laughs> i don't know like <laughs> they were just like really big hats and they had like a bunch of garbage on them and it was like they were like do this dance like one of them would lead and then they would stop like lead with them and i like was so entranced by them like i would just stare at them i was like what is happening like i'm trying to decode this and then they would like one of them i guess would like squawk and they would all like squawk really loud and they would just run off oh. and it was like <laughs> such a like a huge change it was like oh oh man it's okay <laughs> they just ran off and that was like the the bees i guess I don't know. I, part of me wanted to run af after them <laughs> to, like, is, is there more? Is there more to this? Um, but another part of
front of me was just like so in awe of this dramatic change and I just like stood there and was like oh okay <laughs> that was something <laughs> um they also had like um booths uh there was this one booth where uh this woman was using she was trying to get people to uh use nature as their art pieces like oh. kind of like twigs with the crowns and stuff like that or like dream catchers it was really really cool it was like a lot of stuff that like it's like nature um and how we can use nature to not only like um make art but like use it as like accessories or stuff like that it was really kind of cool um, so that was, I wish I could have sat down and like started going it. at it, yeah. but I felt like if I sat there and did it all, I would just like be stuck there forever. <laughs> just like, I had to make this perfect. Um, and I was like, oh God, another medium of artwork I have to do <laughs> where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. But I'm going to try it. I'm going <laughs> to try. It's going to be bad. Um, there was also some free, uh, free stuff that was going on, such as like a free balloon um free not not just like a free balloon like okay. a free balloon like stat not statue what are they called um, like sculpture like, not sculpture no, I, it's I like know. something you like a clown does where like they yeah i know what you're talking they, like, about make it it's into um, like a like a dog or something i don't know like a balloon like animal like <laughs> yeah yeah i, I i'm sure you guys know what i'm talking about i honestly don't remember the name i have my computer here but i'm not gonna just like type it up you're just gonna hear like like clicking of keys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> while I search for this um, word. But they had that for free. They also had um, face uh, a, a painter doing like face paint for kids and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cute oh, for free as well. So there was like a, a lot of really cool stuff that was happening. Um, and they were all, it, it was very much like engaging with the community, which I, I loved a lot about it. So um, I hope if you didn't go this time you will go next year because i'm sure they will come back next year and wow us again um yeah so that was a really cool thing that i was able to do and the thing that i um because i did some research i wanted to go to the vines festival but um i couldn't um the thing is like it's like a week long or like two weeks or something like that yeah and if you check the schedule like each day to have like a different planet it's really cool um yeah i'm definitely going next year yeah, it was really cool. I, I They are, like, a very kind of young, um, like, festival, and I think that's really cool to see how much they've grown. Um, yeah, I, I do like that they go from, like, all different, like, parks and stuff like that because you're able to – they don't stay in one place, and you're able to kind of see the different parks. Uh, the park that I went to was the Trout Lake Park, and, oh, my God, I've never been there because it's super far away from where I live. <laughs> Um, but I went there and there were so many dogs oh. everywhere. I've had so many dogs. Yes. I've had so many dogs <laughs> and I was like, this is perfectly fine. I like this actually. I should go to the trout park more so I can pet more dogs. That's so always that was... a great option. <laughs> pet dogs. Just That's like pet... number one priority. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> um, so it was kind of nice. It was, I think it was a little hard trying to find where the, the festival was. Because I, I was like, I think I was like, I'm pretty sure, I don't say I think, I w- was pretty sure I was like on the opposite side of where the uh, festival was. And they had one sign which was like, this is the festival way. And I like went that way and I kept going that way. And I was like, oh my God, I hope I am going <laughs> the right way. I'm, I've been going this route for a while now. It's, it would be bad if I just like totally missed <laughs> the festival. I just passed by it. Um, 
yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, and then we have other festivals coming in while um, the Vine Festival isn't. Uh, just like um, we are, our interviewers saying, uh, the Fringe. Fringe, yeah. Fringe Festival. And then we also have the uh, Vancouver International Film Festival as well, which we're doing um, some reviews on films for. Ooh, I'm excited about that one. I know. They always have some amazing movies. I know. They have a lot of like really interesting movies that I wanted to go see, and I love movies. Um, <laughs> so I'm very um, excited to do that. Uh, and yeah um what about you yeah. anything interesting happening in your life right now um sorry we're getting to like the emotional yeah. <laughs> let the interviewer also, have um, connection with you well i just got back i know you guys probably know by now that um i my brazil is my home like <laughs> i'm an international student <laughs> if you haven't known already this yeah. is like <laughs> this is like old information but yeah i'm an international student i'm from brazil um and so I got the chance to go back for most of the summer, spend three months home, um, got to see my family, which was great. I mean, I miss my family a lot. Like, I'm really close to them. And yeah, but by the end of it, um, three months without doing anything, I was kind of going insane. And I'm just really <laughs> glad to be back. You're like, um, I, need a, I need a festival to go yeah. to. <laughs> I need something to review, you know? I know. I really <laughs> wish you were here for our... Um, Festival de Sol. <gasps> Carnival de Sol. Sorry. Cool. Not Festival de Sol. What, what was that? Uh, it was um, a South American uh, Ooh, festival cool. that I was able to go to. Thank you, <laughs> Carnival de Sol. Um, I can't, sorry, I said Festival de Sol. It's Carnival de Sol. Uh, <laughs> they do it. I think they do it a lot every summer. Nice. It was really cool. I was like, dang, Lua would love yes, this. I would love it. <laughs> they, had, they had that uh, Brazilian drink with the... Uh, Cachaça? Is it the one with like the kind of green uh, can with like kind of cherry? Oh, Guaraná. Guaraná. No, cachaça is an alcoholic drink. No, <laughs> no, no. Guaraná no. is, is a soda made from Guaraná. And Guaraná is, um, is a native seed slash berry. They call it berry like they call acai a berry, but it's not like we don't yeah. consider it really a berry. Um, basically, yeah, it looks like an eye. Like the, the 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 actual seed thing uh, looks like a little eye, and they make the soda out of that. It has so much caffeine though. It's like I drank one for yeah. you. Yeah, Guaraná is the best. Like I like I don't drink Coke if I have the option of having Guaraná. Yeah, no, <laughs> they any, had like, so much Guaraná. Like I think uh, I'm pretty sure like a lot of it was getting like sold very quickly. I know I was so excited to be a part of the festival because I was like, oh my god, thank God I, I can actually eat. Some like Mexican food that's not just tacos. <laughs> Less I was living for it, but yeah. Um, so I was missing you on that. Yes. We'll have to and I was like, I wish um, she was here. If <laughs> anything other kind of kind of stuff, count me in. I'll be there. Yeah, we also have like a a Mexican festival coming up soon. Uh, uh not a Mexican festival, but a Mexican market, I believe. Oh, nice. Uh, if people want to check that out, um. That's just that's a personal thing because I kind of want to go there. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure you can look it up on Facebook to find this kind of Mexican festival that's coming up soon. So definitely check that out. Um, other than that, uh, our next kind of show, we're definitely going to have Jake Clark. I know you guys are kind of wondering, like, Ileana, you keep saying Jake Clark's going to show up at <laughs> some point. We promise he will be here next He's week. He's coming. I promise. <laughs> I know people are waiting 
eagerly for his <laughs> arrival and I keep saying like this will be our last show thanks for having me guys <laughs> and then like the next show is like just kidding it's me again <laughs> I'm Jay Clark is here not here but yeah, he's he coming here. here and he's definitely um going to take back over as host again um and I'll be a really great time to see him again and just uh, start the new year, not new year, yeah, this kind new of new year, school yeah, yeah. year off into a really good start with a professional. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, I mean, we're trying, we're trying our best. I think we're doing a good job. I, Ileana's doing a great job. This is the first time I'm seeing her hosting. I'm like, I'm younger than her and I've been here less time than her, but I feel like a proud mama bear. <laughs> Like, and that's the thing. She's her <laughs> yeah, but I, I totally feel proud of her, and she's like doing all the little because you guys can't see it, um, but she's like doing all the board things, and yeah, and I'm like, wow. Oh my god, you should have seen my <laughs> first episode. I was like floundering. Is this on? Can people hear me? I'm sure if people like look back at our podcast, um, uh, our on our first episode that you guys had with me on, I think the first day of this month i'm pretty sure you could uh see i've definitely grown in like okay i kind of have an idea of what i'm doing now and how to do psa and breaks Um, (laughs) so that's a good thing um so for our next interview i hope you guys are really excited we are very excited we're very excited um i'm very excited i'm so excited i'm way too excited (laughs) (laughs) we i think we're gonna have um i say i think um, I think we're going to have a director who's going to come in, who I think is a part of the uh, Vancouver International Film Festival, which will be an interesting interview uh, with Jay Clark kind of manning that one, hopefully. Um, and then we also have an interview, which I will be conducting. Um, I feel like I've been a better interviewer <laughs> than lately than other times. Uh, but we're going to have an interviewee uh, who is a magician, who's going to show you some magic on the radio, which will be kind of interesting, maybe? Not uh, kind of interesting, extremely interesting. I mean, how do you ma- do magic with only audio? I know, it's going <laughs> to be really... I don't know, we're all just going to be, like, staring at him through the whole time. I'm not... I'll be, like, kind of, like... I'll be trying to, like, stare at him, but also, like, looking at, like, our volume level and be like, okay, is this perfect? Is this going to be fine? <laughs> like... Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited to have it on. Um, but yeah, I think the, our time is slowly waning, sadly. You won't Ooh, be able I do have one more. Ooh, please thing, tell of, us. I guess. Um, I'm writing this article for Discorder magazine. Ooh, if you guys don't know, Discorder is our uh, kind of arts, news. Yeah, it's like a little bit of everything. What's going magazine? on in Ben? Yeah, um, that you should definitely check and out. You should check, definitely check it out because it's a feature about um, this really awesome drag show that happens every week on Sundays um, at the London Pub in East Ben, and it's really really cool. And they push a little bit the boundaries of drag and what it means to do drag. And I did an interview with the organizer of the of the show. And that will be all in the magazine, and that's going to be really awesome. And the more I think, and the more like I write about it, and the more I think about that show, the more I want to do it, make it my weekly thing, just because um, it's it's a really interesting, out there show. <laughs> like, it's not your usual drag show, but at the same time, it's really, really fun. 
and I won't say a lot more because I want you guys to read it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is a shout out for me. Um, <laughs> I'm usually not a huge drag fan. <gasps> really? I know, I know. And especially because I am like a, like, like a queer woman, I'm like, queer people love drag shows or gay people love drag okay, shows. Okay, but why don't you? Like, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't. Don't you like the performance aspect of it? I like, think I do i enjoy the costume aspect of it um but i don't know sometimes i'm just i um i don't know i feel like, yeah i guess i don't know i, I know just, i love drag i'm sorry <laughs> it's okay no i can see why someone would think it's like a lot but at the same time it's the kind of thing that makes me want to go because it takes my mind out of all the stress and just makes me like, yes, girl, do <laughs> this it, is it. Work it. I feel that every time I go to a drag show, the environment is always so supportive. And so like, I love you and I love everything about you and I love everything that's happening here that I just feel so much love and I feel so like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I definitely do res- like every drag queen is honestly a huge respect. <laughs> Uh, they're super cool, super awesome, and like honestly, they put in so much work mm-hmm. into what they're doing as performers, and I definitely have respect for them. I just, uh, just drag shows aren't like my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'll find the like the one, the one drag show where I'm just like, this is it. Or maybe the this. one drag queen that you're like, wow, her, like I ever <laughs> rush hard. <laughs> Okay, well, that's our show for today. I'll see you guys next Wednesday, and you'll be not only hearing my voice, but our sweet, sweet Jake Clark's voice, hopefully. Let's pray for that. Okay, see you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye. There.